listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, good morning, gang. Welcome to our first part in our series, As You Go. Thank you. You know, I probably have gone through 10 different names for this series because I have so much in my heart that I believe God has for us as a church and you individually. And I thought about calling this Holy Spirit and just going on the whole, but there was more there. There was Holy Spirit, but there's also faith. And, and so this month is going to be a month really, I think, to get some forward motion in your walk with God. Don't miss a week of it. Uh, now, I have planned on today for months, I think actually maybe cresting on a year, uh, Pentecost Sunday, I wanted to have Pastor Tommy Pinkerton in. It was in January of 2005, I was attending a youth camp at the Double J Ranch, maybe you know where that is, and uh, I was at that camp, it was wonderful, but it was during our school snow coming, and I promised my girlfriend I'd take her to snow coming, and so I had to leave and I talked with Pastor Tommy before. He says, you better be coming back, you know. And, and so I, I didn't want, I did not want to leave that, that youth camp. God was doing such significant things in my life. But I also had the suit, and she had a dress, and I had to keep my word. And, and there's something godly about that. So I took this girl, and, and we had snow coming and got her pictures taken, and, and, and all of that was done. And, and so I said, are you going to youth camp? She said, no, 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 no I'm just going to stay here. I'll, I'll see you at church on Sunday. Well, that told me everything I needed to do. Uh, the, she was off the list, and Kaya quickly was on, but praise the Lord. Anyway, I want to preach a little message right there about pursuing God, and you look over, look at the next person that's running after God as strong as you, and you grab that girl's hand. You know what I'm saying? Amen? Anyway, you kind of hype me up. So I got back to Double J Ranch. And I walked in and the message was done, but it was an altar season, one of those special times you can only really do at a youth camp and do well. And I walked in, and I don't know if you maybe just like dropped somebody on the ground and, and went off to me, but you, you, you matched eyes with me. And from across the room, Pastor Tommy came up, and just like Jesus, gentle and kind, laid his hands on me, and he prayed. He affirmed my call into ministry and said, someday we'd be doing this together. Pastor Tommy is a founding board member at New Chapel eight and a half years ago, even though this church was birthed in my heart so much before then. Pastor Tommy, you've become a good friend of this church. We love you. Church, would you stand to your feet? Put your hands together for Pastor Tommy Pinkerton. We'll give Jesus a big hand clap if you love the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You can, oh, never mind. You, you don't have to have my permission. Everybody sit down. <laughs> I should make you stand up and you sit down when I tell you, bless God. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, so many times, as, as Pastor Joe mentioned, we, we come up on a spare of the moment or there's other things that must be done and we come up and we preach or sometimes we come and we don't preach. And, uh, but uh, it was it almost a year, probably for real, that he's like, man, I want you to come on June the 5th. I'm like, well, I'm coming before that, I can tell you that, which I did, <laughs> but I didn't preach. 
but uh, um, it's so good to be here, and uh, it's really kind of nice to be here when it ain't like 10 feet of snow outside, and I'm doing donuts in my truck, which I do love donuts. <laughs> in my truck, amen, amen. Some of you have looked at me and said, it looked like you've been having a little donuts this last time you was here. Well, amen, amen, Pastor. <laughs> so it's like, yikes. Pastor Joe's lost the weight, and I found it, but it's all right. God is good. God is good. Well, I want to get right into the word of the Lord. It's so good to be here and to see everyone. And man, this is this is uh, this crowd is getting bigger and bigger and bigger every time I come. Man, there's something's going on right here at New Chapel. Are you glad about that? <clears throat> Glory to God. Well, if you've got your Bible, I want us to go as they say in the old preacher world, go deep into the New Testament, or Old Testament, go deep into the Old Testament. We're going to go to the book of Judges, and um, I want to bring to you a word out of the book of Judges. If I were going to uh, title this message, it would actually be called The Untold Story of Gideon. Gideon is a very big character in the book of Judges, at least, and I want to go into that and talk to you about it, and you know, hey, uh, uh, during this time of scheduling, this uh, time of preaching with Pastor Joe, um, I got a lot of calls from Pastor Joe over and over and over that he needed my sermon notes. <laughs> a couple of people laugh because they know that that's not going to happen <laughs> because I don't have sermon notes. <laughs> and so he kept calling, and I finally sent him, Josh, finally after he called me again, we were talking, and finally like, hey, Pastor, I need your sermon notes. So I sent him a picture of a sticky note with the word Jesus on it. I said, there you go. Be blessed. <laughs> but in obedience to the man of God, amen, amen. Somebody say amen. I said, obedience to the man of God. And you're like, da, 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 da. look, I want to show you all something. Now, I don't want anybody to have a heart attack and die. And if you do, no problem. I got two hands. I can lay hands on you, and you can be revived. But let's not do that. Look, look at this. I wanted to show it to you. No, it's actual notes, amen? You ought to give me a hand clap just because I did something extra. <laughs> it's all X's and Y's and O's like it's a football coach or something doing stuff like that. X's and O's. Judges chapter 6. And I'm going to read some scripture to you right here. This is how we're going to begin tonight or today's message. I've got 40 minutes and 42 seconds and counting, so here we Go. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves dens, the, then caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up, and also the Amalekites and other people from the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy them. The produce of the earth as far as Gaza and, no leave, and would leave no sustenance for Israel. Not even the sheep nor the ox 
or even the donkeys. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming as in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter into the land and destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. Now, you, you know enough about the children of Israel that God brought them out of Egypt. God has done so many great things for them. But you know what? Do you not know that in times of plenty, when things are going good, that is, Bessie, the time we ought to be praising God. Amen. When you're up on the mountaintop, you ought to have a praise in your mouth. When gas is $1.83, we should have been praising God. Amen. <laughs> Every time you put the thing in the pump, you should have said, thank you, Jesus. You should have went black gospel all the way. Every time you went to the gospel or to the gas pump, ah, thank you, Lord. But now, amen, I said, but now, you'd like me. When you go to the gas pump, you put it in there, and you're like, and everybody and everybody doing the same thing. It don't matter what side you on. Everybody's like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing that Christian cussing thing. I can't really say it out loud, but I can. You're not even supposed to do it in your mind. But nevertheless, Lord, touch me in Jesus, in Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God. And you know, but it would seem like that while things are good, you would praise God. While things are good, you ought to seek God more than ever before because things are good. But we are like the children of Israel. They did not praise the Lord in the times of plenty. But in other words, we just heard they didn't have nothing. The Bible says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And then we saw what happened. They didn't have enough food for even their sheep. Wait a minute. They didn't even have any cat food. Y'all been to Target, huh? Ain't no cat food. There's a cat food shortage. <laughs> Somebody's glad about that. But I mean, I <laughs> thank God my prayers have been answered. No more cats. But, you know, you, you, you should have been praising God when there was plenty of baby food. Okay, okay, we know that's a fake shortage, but it doesn't matter. It's nevertheless. You should have been praising God when there was plenty of peanut butter. Earlier, we were having microphone problems. Kevin, all the way in the back, can you hear me? Okay, you got, okay. somebody say amen. Glory to God. We ought to have been praising God when everything was doing good. Amen. And maybe we would be all right right now. But so the children of Israel, the Bible says in the next verse, cried out unto the Lord. And the Lord heard their cry. They cried out to the Lord. And then the Lord heard their cry. And the Lord answered them by sending them a prophet. See, see, David, Hitler, amen. You've been with us a long time. We've been together this whole time, right? Amen. Glory to God. God didn't send them baby food. God didn't give them cat food. God didn't lower the gas prices. God sent them a prophet. See, a lot of the times God is not going to give you what you need in your hand. He's going to give you what you need in your ear. <laughs> because, see, the, it's, the problem is not what you lack. The problem is what you know. 
Glory to God. So he sends you a prophet. Some of you have been praying, oh God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Oh God, I'm not going to, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills as we build back better in the inflation. Amen. I don't know how we're going to make it happen. Glory to God. What's going to make it happen? And how are we going to make it? And you're crying out for the material thing, but God is going to send you a prophet. God is going to send you a church that still is able to stand up in the midst of adverse circumstances. See, you may be crying out for something else, but God has sent you new chapel. Man, you ought to praise the Lord in here. The first service, they were asleep and shouted a little better than you, but it's all right. I'll, I'll warm you up to it. Amen. And God has sent you a pastor. See, he sent you a man of God that can lead the charge. See, I said in the first service, and I'll say it again now, God does, God's not in the business of giving, giving things. He's not in the business of giving chairs, if you will. He's in the business of trees. He's in the business of trees. And then he gives you the word as you hear, and you can make a chair. Say amen. <laughs> I said, say amen. The miracles miracles in what you know, not in what you can possess. Because if you know the right thing, then you can get anything you need. Say amen. So God and the children of Israel cried out, God sent a prophet. Then the Bible says in the next couple verses that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon. So now it went from a prophet preaching a national message that all of Israel heard. Now the angel of the Lord is coming to the individual that also heard the main word. See, there's a word for every single solitary person in this room that is within the sound of my voice. The prophet is speaking and you can hear it. But also after I'm done, there's going to be a specific word that comes directly to you. Say amen. The angel of the Lord came to Gideon, and and as you know in the Bible, that most of the time when angels visited men, when angels came down and visited men in the Bible, the Bible says that the men would fall in front of the angel as if they were dead. Because it would scare them to death. So a lot of people are like, hey, man, I want to see an angel. Uh, I want to see an angel face to face. No, you don't. You would fall out like you were dead. You would pee yourself probably. You, amen. You, you can't even watch a scary movie, and that's fake. If an angel of the Lord would come in all of his glory from heaven and show up and say, hey, Joshua, Joshua would be like, ah! That's why every angel had to go to those people and be like, excuse you, can you wake up? I'm not here to kill you. I'm on your side. Oh, well, I knew that. <laughs> and you're like this. Ugh. But not Gideon. The angel of the Lord came to Gideon, and the angel said, The favor of the Lord is upon you, O Gideon. And Gideon was like, Are you talking to me? Because if the favor of the Lord is on me, why is all of this stuff happening to us? Oh, some of you are sitting in here and you hear the preaching every day or every Sunday and you listen to the preaching and you hear the good word coming from the man of God and you're like, this all sounds good, but why is all this happening? If God is for me, then why is everybody against me? 
If God is for me, how are these things happening? If God is a miracle-working God, I don't remember the last time Gideon said that I've seen a miracle. I've heard about it, but I've never seen any miracles. How many of you have heard some about miracles? Raise your hand. It's all right. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've heard about miracles, but sometimes we don't see the miracles. We hear about them, we read about them, but we don't see them. And Gideon looked at that angel right in his eyes and said, if this is true, I don't know what's up because there ain't no miracles around here. We are in trouble. Then the Bible says, the Lord came to Gideon. Now, one from the prophet went up a little bit to an angel. Now, Jehovah the creator of the ends of the earth, the one who never faints nor grows weary, the one whose understanding is unsearchable, the one who gives power to the weak and increases the strength of those that have no might, the God that was and is and is to come, the first, the last, the lily of the valley. That, that guy, that guy came to Gideon and said, you're going to destroy the Midianites. And Gideon's like, excuse, 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 excuse me. You don't know what you're talking about. Y'all are like, well, I would never do that. You do it every day. <laughs> I heard the words say, get them, Lord. Because <laughs> Gideon said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking about all this stuff I'm going to do. You don't know me. You mean I'm going to destroy the Midianite army as if I was one man, one man against hundreds of thousands of other men? I'm only one guy. I'm the least of my father's house. And my father's house is the least of all the houses of Israel. In other words, I'm an absolute nobody, and I'm proud of it. And God did not even acknowledge his doubt. He didn't even, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't even say nothing. He didn't even acknowledge his doubt. Aren't you glad? And you ought to shout right here. Aren't you glad that God uses doubters? <laughs> I said, aren't you glad God can still use you even though you don't even understand it? I'm like, I don't even understand all this stuff. But you know what? Your understanding is not a prerequisite for God to use you. I would not even serve a God I could understand. Can you say amen? I need a God that blows my mind and confuses me a little bit. Then I'll say, I'll still do it, Lord. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. But I'm going to do it. And he told God, nah, I don't know about all that. But then he said, now Gideon's Gideon is crazy. He is toe up from the flow up. This dude is jacked up. He looks at God, not your neighbor. God, not your pastor. God and said, hey, can you hold on a minute? Hold, hold, hold up right here. Hold up here. If you're telling the truth, can you hold on a minute? Gideon put God on hold. I dare you to call me. I dare, I dare anybody to call me Joshua and then put me on hold. Because how long do you think I'm going to be there? Zero seconds. As soon as I go to hold, I hang up. It's a guarantee you put me on hold, I hang up. Pastor Joe's never done that to me. I ain't going to lie to you. He just don't even answer the phone. Huh? Can I get a witness up in this house? Anybody try to call the pastor? Anybody try to get to my God online? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know when Pops calls and he don't answer, he ain't answering your call for sure. <laughs> Glory to God. Anyway, huh, let me get right for, you know, Jesus, forgive me for holding that against him. I lay it down at the cross. Amen. 
He, he said, I'm going, hold on, Lord. See, God has spoken to most of you in this room, if not all of you. Has spoken to you about great things that you could accomplish and you have got God on hold. Now, wait a minute, Lord. I don't know because you don't know my daddy. You don't know what I came from. You don't know what I did yesterday. <laughs> Wasn't good. God cut me off, and next thing I know, I told him he was number one. You don't know, Lord. <laughs> you don't know. And you got God on hold. God's been speaking to many of you in this, <clears throat> in this room, and you got him on hold because you don't think you're qualified to do what God has already said you would do. But God, I've said a hundred times, you've heard me say it, if you've heard me preach two times, you've heard me say God don't call the qualified, he qualifies those that he called. And the fact that he called your name means that there's a purpose for you to do and accomplish, and it's already been done in the spirit, you just got to step into it. Don't put God on hold. And the Bible says that he brought back the gift, and God was right there where Gideon left him when he said, hold on a minute. God was waiting on him. And they gave him, said, okay, I'm ready. All right, good. I'm glad you did that. See, God is not moved by your doubt. He does not need your approval in order to call you in to greatness. Say, I said, he don't need you to say yes in order for him to give you something to do. He'll do it while you're doubting, while you're pouting and doing all of that stuff. Talking about, I don't know if I can do it, Lord. It's too much for me. I'm just the least of my father's house. My father's a bum. And by the way, God, my father's a false God worshiper. He worships false gods. Now what you going to do? Well, Gideon, take some bulls and go up to the mountain. And take some sacrifices and go up to the mountain where your dad worships. And there is an altar of Baal where your dad is worshiping false gods and all the people of his household. And I want you to go up there and tear all that junk up. He said, I want you to go up and tear your daddy's church down to the ground. I want you to burn that church down. I like that. That's Redneck 101. I'm here to tell you all you need, a little kerosene, a little gasoline, a little hairspray. It don't matter. You can burn anything down. Talk about. I bet you won't do that. I bet I will. We burnt some stuff down, got the cops called on us over the years of growing up, burnt half the neighborhood up. I ran so fast. Police, cops come. I was at my mom's house. And she said, son, you smell kind of like smoke. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Coming down, I mean, everything was burning up. It was wonderful. Anyway, can you, can you, can you re take that off? They might still be looking for me. Amen. <laughs> and so we, he's there. The Bible says that he took ten friends with him, took ten guys with him, and they said that he went up there to do it at midnight. There'll be some things that God asks you to do that you'll be so afraid to do them, you'll want to do it in the middle of the night when no one else knows you're doing it. Okay, I'm going to help you now. You're like, well, what's that? That girlfriend you dating right now? Hello? And you know you ain't supposed to be hooking up with her because she ain't saved. And you're doing that evangelistic dating. Well, you're trying to just date them so that they can get right. Now, I'm going to go down there and get her because she needs to get saved. 
but son, you need to go in the middle of the night and tear that idol down. Don't call and be like, hey, I just really feel like we're just not going in the same direction. Just block them and delete. Don't even explain yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, you might need to get your phone out right now and do a little something, something. <laughs> do a little something, something right now, amen. You don't got to ask your children. Oh, I'm going to talk to somebody right here real quick about the idols that we have in our lives that we worship, like social media. It's going to get quieter than it already is in here, Mr. Day. It's already quiet. You could already hear a mouse pee on cotton right now. <laughs> Woo! Glory! You're welcome, redneck time up in here. Glory to God. I'm here to tell you, you know, there are things in our lives that we need to tear down. Before you can go outside and destroy the works of the enemy, you must destroy the works that you set up in your own heart and in your own life. Before God will do the miracle, you got to tear down some idols in your own heart. It's time that we do some work inside of our own life. He got to go to his father's house in the middle of the night. You think I ask my children questions what I can do? I felt my hand start tingling. It's that hand I hit them with. I don't ask them about their phones. I take them. Dad, that's my private stuff. I wish you would say that. Oh, it's private. You can't come in my room. Well, that's why you ain't got no door on your room right now too, ain't it? I found out, bro, I found out it's easy to take a door off. Click, 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 that thing pops out. Click, click, that thing pops out. Click, click. Oh, yeah, I'm a professional now. All the friends came over one time and said, hey, why ain't there no door to the hangout room? And both my boys are like, uh, yeah, better not say nothing because my dad will come down there and take the door off your room to, at your house. You'll come over there and take that off. No, I don't got to be nobody's buddy. I ain't got to be nobody's friend. I am the man of God of my house, and I tell them how the cow ate the cabbage, and I don't ask anybody no questions. Glory to God. I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name. That's why my kids are serving God today. Because I ain't playing no game. I ain't, I ain't here to be nobody's buddy. I'm here to go up to my father's house and tear the idols down. Even if I got to do it in the middle of the night and they wake up, hey, Dad, we ain't got no Wi-Fi. I didn't have Wi-Fi for 45 years. <laughs> Welcome to the party. They're like, well, <laughs> Dad, why do we, you know, we're going to have to, you canceled Netflix. My mom and dad, look, when I grew up, we had Abel. Y'all don't even know what that is. Some of y'all too young. Y'all so young. I'm going to punch you right now. You so young. We had Abel. What's Abel? Whatever the antenna could pick up. <laughs> Amen, Mr. Dave. You know about that? Whatever it was able to pick up. Had three channels. Uh, CBS, PBS, and ABC. And one of them was a... <laughs> and now... <laughs> And when we moved out, my mom and dad got cable after we left. I said, Baba, why did you get cable after we left? Because we didn't want you to have it. So I've been leading the charge in my own family, just like my mom and dad did to me. Now I'm doing to my kids. Tear down the idols. After they tore them down, they went home, and their parents got up, and the whole city got up to go worship Baal. 
They didn't get up and worship Jehovah. They got up to go worship Baal. And when they got there, the church had been burnt down. They're like, what? Who? What? See, what's crazy, in this house, I'll do it again in case you didn't see. In this house, when people start burning down idols, the people of the house will get angry. Oh, you didn't have to do all that. Who did that? Because whoever did it, bring them up here, we're going to kill them. We're going to kill that dude. Whoever did that, we're going to kill him today. We're going to kill that guy. One of the ten obviously went, it was Gideon. <laughs> Gideon's like, what? Then the guy, the whole family, the whole area said, we're going to kill you before the sun goes down, you'll be dead. See, before you have to face the battle and the evil out there, sometimes you got to face the challenges right in here of the person you're sitting next to. I don't want to say nothing to the preacher right now. I'll preach by myself. Amen. Don, I'll preach all by myself. Don tried to assault me earlier before church. She tried to kick me. But it's all right. God still provided. Amen. Actually, I tried to kick her. Amen. It's okay. She, she, yeah, she said, don't lie in the house of God. Okay, I, Lord, I forget. I'm getting a lot of forgiveness during this sermon. It's really working out for me. <laughs> and so his daddy rose up and said, oh, no, you're not going to kill Gideon. Because if Baal is a real God, then he can defend his own self. I'll change your name from Gideon to Jerubbabel, which means God will have the Baal will have to defend himself. I'm here to preach and tell you I thank God for a church that is willing to stand up against the spirit of Antichrist and the prophets of Baal outside the four walls of this building. I think back to two years, over two years ago, when the evil of this world was saying, No, you can't have church. And God gave you a man of God that stood up on the building right over there and said we're going to preach with a megaphone if that's what we've got to do and I'm here to preach and tell you now you're seeing the results of a church that stood up when everyone else was sitting down it's not easy to tear down the father's house but when you do God will bless you and allow you to do great things for him glory to God he got it done got a name changed Jerubbabel the false gods can defend themselves. That's why I stand up in public school. Every day I go to work, it's a miracle. <laughs> You're like, why? Well, I, I plan to get fired every single day I go to work. <laughs> That's my, well, it's not I plan to get fired, but I just assume I'm going to be fired. Because the spirit of Jerubbabel is on me. And I go in and tear down the false gods of the public school. And when they tell me that I got to start calling them by these bizarro things, I'm like, the devil is a lie. I'm not going to do that. And she's like, well, uh, I would prefer now to be called, um, I prefer now to be called uh, Sam instead of Samantha. So? I don't care what you prefer. I said, because if that God is real, he can take me out. Say amen. I said, if that God is real, you can take me out. Because I've come here to preach and tell you there is one truth, and that is the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And if you've been in church for five minutes, you know we used to sing that song in vacation Bible school. Somebody give it up for VBS. Amen. 
so, so he comes, he does it. Now the Lord says, okay, now that you've done that, he said, uh, he blows this, well, he, Gideon's like, okay, that was good, but Lord, I'm not sure. He said, you still want me to go do this? I don't know. Gideon's the biggest doubter there ever was. Doubting Thomas was a rookie compared to Gideon. Gideon's like, I'll go into battle. Okay, okay, okay. I got a fleece here. If you want me to do it, I'll put it outside. And I want there to be dew all over the fleece and no dew on the ground. The Lord said, sounds good to me. Next day he wakes up and the dew, the fleece was covered with dew so much he rang it out. Water fell in the bucket and Gideon's like, wow, this is real, Lord. <laughs> he said, Lord said, don't be mad at me, Lord. In other words, Lord, I think you're probably going to kill me. But how about I put the fleece out one more time? <laughs> and uh, this time, Lord, I'm going to make it harder for you. <laughs> Let there be dew all over the ground, but none on the fleece. And he said, okay. See, you know good. Ain't, ain't, ain't you glad that I, that, that I ain't the Lord? <laughs> I'd be like, you doubting piece of junk. Next. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the Lord's like, okay, I got you. I can do it. Boom, he did it. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord fell upon Gideon in that moment. And he got up and sounded a trumpet bah, and alerted the whole nation of Israel. And 30,000 people showed up at Gideon's door ready to fight. And he's like, oh, yes, 30,000 people. And the Lord's like, oh, wait, Gideon. I know these 30,000, but I need you to ask him a question first. Ask the 30,000 if they're afraid. Send them home. Let them go home. Let them go home if they admit to being afraid. Gideon. Attention, 30,000. <laughs> I didn't even know the mic was on until just right there in that moment. <laughs> Attention, 30,000. If you're afraid of the millions of Midianites, please raise your hand and exit left. Twenty-some thousand people raised their hand. It's like, we're afraid. And Gideon's like, no, 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 no. Put your hands down. I was just joking. That's a joke. And they left. See, that's what I like about New Chapel is that I don't have to make that announcement because that announcement has already been made. And all the people that are afraid are currently driving around in their car with their windows rolled up with gloves on. So I don't have to mention that right now. They're already at home. They're not even in the building. So I <laughs> Some of you, <laughs> you're like, you're going to get on the phone. You'll be like, y'all should have came to church today because this dude, I don't know where he was from. He was crazy. So see, the people that are afraid, they're not in the building. Say amen. So, we, so guess what? You have passed the first test. Give yourself a hand clap. You're here because you ain't afraid of no devil. You ain't afraid of no virus. You ain't afraid of no governor. You ain't afraid of nobody. You're in church. Sitting next to somebody shoulder to shoulder, and some of you getting spit on right now. If you're in the front two rows, you're in the danger zone. I'll spit on you in Jesus' name on accident. Whoever's getting this microphone next, you are in trouble. <laughs> Pastor Joe said, you can keep it. 
glory to God. But then there was another test. He said, now take them down to the river and let them drink water. They need to get refreshed. The Bible says there's two types of people. One group of people got down in the river, and they're like, <laughs> their faces is in the water, their eyes are drinking. <laughs> Is that gross enough for y'all? <laughs> They're drinking water. You good? <laughs> yeah. That was one group. Then there was another group. I got to be careful to rip these pants. That would be a blessing. <laughs> good thing to the stretchy fabric. Spit on my suit. Got the water. They did it like this. Who did that? <laughs> Give it to me one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Audience participation is something you always want until now. <laughs> I can't even do it. But they drank. Exactly what they needed, but they kept their eyes on the man of God. They never looked down. Only drank what they needed. Kept their eyes. Because, see, we have a cunning enemy. That if you be like those others, down in front, while you're doing all that, the enemy will come and cut your throat. See, while you're in there being a consumer at church, Bum, 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 bum. That's what the organ would have done if I had one in here right now. <clears throat> well, you're a consumer with your face down. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> because, see, just because you ain't afraid don't mean you have any skills. Thank you for the amen in the box. Because of the thousands that were left, only 300 had skills. He sent all the rest. Well, we ain't afraid, Pastor. But you don't know nothing. We ain't afraid, Pastor, but you ain't ever mopped the floor. We ain't afraid, Pastor. We're here. When all the other churches closed down, we showed up. But what have you done since you've been in the room? Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. I know you feel upset, but I feel good. Amen. I've told you before. The pastor comforts the afflicted. The man of God and prophet afflicts those that are comforted. So I'm going to keep on doing what I'm called to do. Amen. Amen. We can play patty cake, patty cake, baker's man at the picnic. Say glory. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, well, but I'm not afraid. But what have you done besides take up air? Are you on the go team? Is it, hey, Hunter, can you go out and start the truck? I might need to leave. <laughs> hey, the go team is for those that drink like this. <laughs> Dude, so far we're like five for five. <laughs> Amen. The go team is for those that. 
The go team is those that drink only what they need. And they know how to serve. Because God knew with the 300. Uh-huh. Know what that means. <laughs> Don't mean a thing. Amen. <laughs> this is second service. Say amen. You get the extended version. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Joe looking at me like, I'll kill you. <laughs> they have they knew that God knew you need only these 300 because what I'm about to ask you to do next only those who have skills will be able to be obedient to the crazy thing I'm about to tell you to do so now he's got 300 men Don 300 men the 300 ain't an original story. It's a good movie, but it wasn't original. But God is so crazy and so awesome. He tells his man Gideon, if you're still afraid, I've done all this so far, but if you're still afraid, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Get you a friend, your servant, and go down to the enemy's camp. And listen and see what you hear. And Gideon said, okay, I'll go down to the enemy's camp. Of course, he did it at night. He sneaks down, him and his servant, and he puts his ear to the tent of his adversary. And suddenly, one of the, guy, one of the Midianite soldiers, they wake up and like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. I just had a dream. His buddy's like, my God, shut up. I'm trying to sleep here. We're going to kill people tomorrow. He's like, no, I just had a dream. <laughs> he said, it was a, I had a dream of a big old piece of barley bread. Some of you are dreaming of food right now. <laughs> had a dream of a big old piece of barley bread that rolled down this mountain, and it destroyed all the camp of the Midianites. And the guy next to him, he's like, oh, my God. God, God. That's Gideon. What? <laughs> Barley bread equals Gideon. And the sword of the Lord. See, what Gideon did not know until he went down to the enemy's camp, that God was already penetrating the mind, glory to God, of his enemy and was giving the enemy nightmares about a person that they did not even know. They woke up and he said, that's Gideon and the sword of the Lord is with him. And the Bible says when Gideon heard that, that he stood beside the tent, threw his hands up and gave God a prayer. You church, the enemy is dreaming about you. I feel like shouting. He's dreaming about you, Dave. He's dreaming about you. Never met you, but he's dreaming about you. He's afraid that you'll know what the Lord is saying to do. 
Miss Carrie, while you are in your bed, not able to get up, the enemy was dreaming about you. See, when you are in your worst situation in your life, the enemy was already having nightmares about you, thinking about you, wondering and all the things that has happened, and you're saying, where? God, in the midst of all of this, wondering what's going to happen, how am I going to make it? But the enemy, though he looked like he was having the victory, he was actually having a nervous breakdown. The enemy is dreaming about New Chapel right now. Glory to God, things are happening within our government, within the government of Michigan. People are waking up saying, New Chapel? They're like, what, what did I say that for? I don't even know why, why I even said that. What? I'm having that. Every time the devil stubs his toe, he's going to be like, Tommy Pinkerton, was that you? <laughs> I'm here to tell you, when I woke up this morning, put my feet on the, on the floor, the devil's like, here we go again. Having nightmares about you, Hunter. The devil is having nightmares about you. You ain't got to be worried about how it's going to happen, the way it's going to happen, and all the details of how it's going to be a victorious battle. All you need to know is that the devil is thinking about you, and he's having a breakdown wondering, how is he going to destroy us? I've come here to preach and tell every one of you in this room that the devil is having a nervous breakdown over the things that God is going to use you you to do if you simply say yes Lord yes to your will and to your way I'm here to preach and tell you the devil has already been defeated because God has already sown a seed of defeat in his mind glory 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 he's already his battle's already won he worshipped God and he went all the way, I can imagine Gideon going all the way back up to the mountain to go back to where his people were, his 300. We've already won. We've already won. Lord, I thank you, we've already won. Finally, his worry went to worship. His worry went to worship. Instead of trying to be like, God, you don't know me, he's like, oh, you must, you must know something. And he looked at the 300 men and said, okay, we're getting ready to go into this battle. The guys are like, where's my gun? Where's my AK? Be mind. Where's, where's my nine? Where's my Glock? Where's my bomb? <laughs> I'd be like, I'll take the jet. Where's the, no, 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 you get a trumpet. <laughs> you know they like... <laughs> trumpet I should have went with the guys that were afraid <laughs> you know a, a trumpet okay he goes yeah here's your trumpet they're holding the trumpet and they're like okay he goes and here's a clay pot and here's some fire a trumpet a clay pot and some fire God is looking for a vessel he can use a clay pot we are the clay What's the trumpet for? The trumpet is for a praise. To alert the armies of Midian that there are hundreds of thousands of soldiers coming into battle. 
Because with every trumpet that is blown in a battle in the nation of Israel, that represented a particular group. That is a battalion, not just one man. The Midianites didn't know that God only was going to use 300 men, but they was going to have 300 praises in their lips. See, so you need a good praise. If you're going to make it, <clears throat> you need a praise. There's five zeros back there, so now we're on Pinkerton time. <laughs> Say glory. <laughs> so you need a praise. But then they needed fire. What is today? Pentecost Sunday. The day that the fire fell on all of those that were waiting in the upper room. And they were all, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered together in one mind and in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And cloven tongues as a fire set upon each of them. And they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And the men of the city said, Surely these men are drunk. And Peter, standing up with the others, said, Surely we are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, saith God, I would pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And even your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I've come to preach and tell you today that you need a praise on your lips and you need the Holy Ghost in your heart and power so to be able to do work against the enemy. Today is the day we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and I've got to preach and tell every one of you we need the Holy Ghost in our lives more now than ever before. It's not an option. It is a necessity. If we're going to fight the enemy. We need the Holy Ghost. You ought to give Jesus a hand clap. You need the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor. Take your preacher finger out. Take it. This one. Your preacher. Your preacher finger. Not your driving finger. Your preacher. Your preacher finger. And you point at your neighbor. And you look at them right under our beady eyes and say, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Oops. Got to come back over here. Uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Got the <laughs> a little bungee cord in the spirit. Pull me right back. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. How many of you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God has been speaking to you. Some of you have put him on hold. Say, Lord, wait. I got to get things in my life together. Before I. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't got to get things together. God can use you and to mess you in right in this moment. God uses doubters. I said he uses doubters. Aren't you glad about it? If you got a praise. And a willing vessel. And the Holy Ghost. God can use you. Stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. It's 1219 if you're taking medicine. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> there is no doubt to me that God has reserved the best for last. And what I mean by that is, we know that's the first miracle of Christ, that he turned water into wine, and the guy stood up and said, Man, Jesus, you know how to do it. You saved the best for last. But what I mean is, this here, <clears throat> these people, you, New Chapel, he has saved you for last. You are the ones that did not go home when you were given the opportunity to be afraid. You said, ain't afraid. But now, I stand up here tonight or today to say, how many of you are willing to serve? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel it down in my toe. Amen. How many of you are willing to serve? Are you going to be the one that's just face down in the water? I want to do it so bad, but I don't want the sound effect. Amen. <laughs> Are willing to say, you know what? I don't know exactly where I fit into the whole thing, but I want to be one of the 300. I want to have a skill. I want to have a purpose. No, I ain't afraid of no devil. But what am I going to do about it? See, the true empowerment of the Holy Ghost comes. Yes, you get to speak in tongues. That's the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But also, not just a prayer language. It then empowers you to serve. To do work. To sweep a floor. To clean a toilet. you got to have the Holy Ghost. You're going to clean a toilet. Especially if it ain't your toilet. Amen. You got to serve and serve children. You got the Holy Ghost. The best way to honor the day of Pentecost is to go back there and sign your name on the go team and say, I'm going to serve at New Chapel. I'm not just going to be a consumer there, but I'm going to be the person that is being consumed. Amen. Glory to God. Consume me. Drink of me. Because the Bible says that the enemy was afraid of Gideon. Not the Lord. I spit all over myself. I said, I'm having nightmares about Gideon. Because the sword of the Lord is with him. There better be a lot. I'm going to come. I'm going to leave first. And I'm going to be at the go team at this table. And be like, over here, please. Uncle Sam wants you. <laughs> right? I feel like a recruiter. I, I, I took a little different move here on the second service than I did first. But the Holy Ghost is here. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. And I want you to think about, you can play a little louder, David. Help me get in the mood. Glory to God. There are many of you here right now that God has been speaking to you. And you put God on hold. But today is the day to listen to the enemy. The very few times a preacher will tell you to listen to the enemy. But the preacher's telling you today you should listen to the enemy. He's having nightmares about you. He's worried about you. He don't even know you.
But the Lord has dropped your name in his mind and he can't stop thinking about you because he knows that you're going to be like a loaf of bread rolling down a mountain and crushing the works of the enemy. Woo-wee. There's not a revival coming. I hate to break the news. There's no revival coming. The revival is here in this room, in this very moment. The revival is here. Glory to God. I feel like there's, Pastor Joe's going to come up in just a very brief moment. I feel like there's two people here today, two people. I believe they're both women that you have been under such fear and you're having extreme panic attacks. You're having extreme panic attacks. When we dismiss and the Pastor Joe says the prayer team is here, I want you to go to Miss Bessie Davis. If you're in this room and you're one of the two women, go to Miss Bessie Davis. There's going to be prayer for you. Glory to God. But this church, God has called out for such a time as this, that you are going to continue to raise the standard. People are going to continue to come here to look for hope. They're going to come here and be like, this is the church of hope. And we are going to be empowered. And this church is going to have such a high percentage of people on the service team. Pastor Joe is going to get on the phone and come in. He's going to Pastor Tommy, you're not going to believe the percentage of people serving, the percentage of people in small groups. Uh, our church is not a consumer church. It's a serving church. How many people have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? That's for you today. Now lift both of your hands towards heaven as high as you can. This is the day. Now is the time. Glory to God in Jesus' name. That you'd raise up each and every person in this room to do something great for your kingdom like never before. That there would be no fear, no doubt. They would listen to the enemy and worship. Can you open up your mouth right now and begin to worship God? Just begin to tell him you love him. Begin to tell him how much you appreciate him. Begin to tell him that he's a good, good God. He's a good, good father. That there's nobody like him or besides him. God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. For there's nobody like you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Lift your hands, open your mouth. God, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're worthy. You're worthy of it all. You're great. You're greatly to be praised. You're a good God. You could have chose to be bad, but you chose to be good. You're wonderful. Your greatness is unsearchable. You're holy, God. You're pure. You're clean and right, upstanding, God. You're wonderful. When I was awful, you were awesome. When I was nothing, you picked me up. Lift your own mouth. Thank God for what he's done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we honor you. We lift our trumpet high. The world doesn't understand it, but God, when we lift that trumpet high, it recharges us. Lord, we receive it all. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God's not done. I'm just going to let God do his thing for just a couple minutes. We've been doing that past couple weeks. You don't need to hear from me. You need to hear from God. If you are 
uncomfortable right now. You've never done this before. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You see somebody else doing it in the front. They're being spiritual about it. They're worshiping the Lord. You don't have to understand everything you say. You can just say, God is good over and over again. You can just say, thank you. God hears it. Lord, seal this word in our hearts. God, seal this in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in the room and you sit through a service like this and you hear about a God that is loving and patient and kind and and even lets us test the water sometimes to see if it's him, you're hearing about that God, but you'd say, Pastor Joe, my life's not right with God. Whatever that even means for you. The Bible says that God sent Jesus, his only son, and whoever calls him Lord will be saved. It it puts you back into relationship with God. The only way to do that is through Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit is doing his job right now, and he's drawing you, and you know you need to make him Lord of your life. What does Lord mean? It means you're done being the, the God of your own life, and you're ready to put him in control. In a word, make him Lord. The Bible says if you do that, you'll be saved. But eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts the moment you accept Christ. And so we're going to pray. And if that's you, people are going to be praying out loud in support of you, really. But if that's you in this room, now's your moment to get right with God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. You said in your word, if I would call Jesus Lord... I would be saved. Jesus, I now call you Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Thank you for making me new from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Come on, somebody. From death to life. If you accepted Christ in here, you prayed that prayer, you might not even understand everything that you did. But I'm going to tell you, God did a miracle in your heart. Let somebody know about it. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to take a step, and that is to grab that connection card we talked about earlier in service. Maybe you came with somebody that accepted Christ and encouraged them to do this. Fill that out and check the box that says, I accepted Christ today as my Savior. I want to send you a note in the mail talking about next steps. See, God has those big things for you, and the least of which is to fill out a stinking card. But we need to help you. Help me to pastor you to take that first step into being a follower of Jesus. And so please do fill that out one last time. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Proud of you. (laughs) Father's Day is right around the corner. We're going to be having our dads and grads event. Maybe your dad, or maybe you even are a dad, you think you're going to go to the golf course. I have explicitly instructed your family to kidnap you, use chloroform if necessary. It might look like weekend at Bernie's for a commute to church, but you come into church... We have surprises for you. Has anybody ever seen a church that blesses on Mother's Day and Father's Day like New Chapel? I haven't. We celebrate you. And then in addition to that, we're going to be celebrating our recent graduates. So if you have a high school or college graduate, let us know about it. Sign up at guest services. We want to pray for them. 
See, high school and even college, that's not real life. And you should be celebrated for getting through that mess. And so we want to pray for you as you you enter into your next season. Make sure you're here for that. Now, as we dismiss today, if it is rainy outside, it already will be set. In fact, Pastor Brian, just go ahead. We're outside? It's outside. It's cleared up? The Bible shows us that rain is the sign of the blessing of God and rain lifting is the sign of a church potluck. And so uh, we're going to invite you to stay. Don't, don't run. Don't be that dude. Stay, hang out, learn somebody else's name. You don't think it's awkward? I'm more comfortable with a microphone in front of a room. You know what I'm talking about, everybody? Than I am one-on-one. Put yourself out there, learn somebody's name, eat some watermelon and a hot dog offering to Jesus, and and, and have some fun at church. Go grab your kids. It's an all-play for all of us. Let's have a great church picnic together as we dismiss. Babe, would you come up here? Let's pray for these people. You want want me to tell them about your dress? No. Well, I'm going to tell them anyway because I brought it up. We did a rush on Sam's Club, and, and so I got this nice shirt that I'm wearing right now, but Kai got a, a dress that matches Vera for the church picnic. Isn't that nice? Kai is bougie. Kai is so bougie. I'd be wearing a wife beater preaching if it wasn't for that woman. I'm just saying. <laughs> Give it up for Kaya. Come on, somebody. Let's go eat. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, I'll see you at the picnic.